Well, Jamer Candelario had a pretty good night. What do you think? The Welcome Cubs, back. Cubs had a pretty good night. What do you think? I think that. A bit offense? They're pretty good. They are now even better. <laughs> Four hits for Candelario. Seven home runs for the Cubs. 20 runs. Wow. Oh, boy. Morning, Molly. That runs. was a big night at Wrigley. Three touchdowns with, uh, <laughs> with a failed extra point. He scored three touchdowns Chicago against Cubs. the Bengals. He should uh, win. Yeah, you would think. Uh, I'll tell you what, that that that's got to feel pretty good. That's uh, that, I I mean I I felt bad for Trey Mancini. Good guy, you know, had to go. I didn't know he was holding them back that much. <laughs> ever since London, ever since that London misplay, boy, has he. You, you do feel bad for a guy like yeah, that. He's a good guy. Not to be part of it. They came into the season with the plan: Hosmer, Pepsi. Mancini, Vaughn. maybe Mervis. All of those options didn't work. All of those attempts yep. to find a first baseman with power. I'm surprised that Candelario is going to play first base as often as he will. But they have some options. And last night, everything was clicking. 20 runs against the Reds, and they cruised. That's the way you play your first game after the trade deadline. They exhaled. Like, that was pretty, it was pretty spectacular. I, I was a little surprised that they didn't make any other moves on the day, you know, I, and, and I, David, I, I got caught up watching some of the, uh, some of the coverage. I was, I was monitoring everything kind of all day long, and I sat in front of the MLB network. Oh boy, it's the, I, I can't even think of the guy's name, but didn't know the details of, of Dylan Cease's contract. That was very upsetting to me. You know what? You know, for I'm not. I'm not a Dylan Cease guy. I mean, what do you get a year and a half of the guy who can't? No. There was no. some guessing going on that was surprising it, to me. I couldn't figure that I, out on the set. I watched the same coverage, yes. and I was surprised that a guy like Cease, as much as he meant to the Sox, and in the trade deadline, teams looking at him, they didn't know. They didn't know his some contract. of those realities. Hey, come on, man. You got to know that. And and late, that was down to the wire. Yeah, that was. That was. I mean. <laughs> They were they were talking about him all the way to the end, and 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 then you come out, so you you come a hair away, and then you come out, and you're like, oh, we're going to contend next year. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you're going to build the team around the guy that you desperately tried to trade. I, is that a case where it came so close with a couple different teams down to the wire that uh, that maybe with the clear light of day and a little more time. Maybe that happens in the off season. Well, I don't know about that Molly, because I don't know if, if there was any clarity about who's going to be making those decisions in the off season. Rick Hahn sounded as shaky as he's ever sounded to me. And in terms of establishing what exactly the plan is going forward and who will be making the decisions in 2024, there's some comments there that you could parse if you wish. And we could look at and say, huh? Because, you don't let the Baltimore Orioles, you don't let the Houston Astros, you don't let the Los Angeles Dodgers dictate your future as an organization. And the fact that they weren't able to come up with a deal that was attractive enough to trade for Dylan Cease doesn't mean that now you go a different direction because you kept him. You know what I mean? You can't let other teams decide for you what direction it, you're headed. It sounded like, just kind of reading between the lines and reading some stuff um, online, it sounded as if, they would have made a deal with the Orioles, but it was going to have to include Matt Holiday's son, the shortstop, and they were the Orioles were not willing to give him up. I understand why they'd ask for him. Yeah, well, he's I, their number. He was a he, number two he, overall he, pick. He's their like great young player. 
And they, I can understand why they asked for him too, and I can understand why they wouldn't give him up. And don't get me wrong, I, I think that you know that was the right thing to do to 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 entertain offers for Dylan Cease. We talked about it yesterday. No Difficult reality, but if you don't think you're going to sign him moving forward, then you maybe want to pull the trigger. Here's the here's the quote that I couldn't get past though, which is creating all this ambiguity in my head. Rick Hahn, quote: The organization is much much stronger for 24 and beyond. What that looks like at the big league level in 24, let's get to the end of the season. You will hear directly what the plan is for the people in charge. Who's in charge? Yeah. What does that imply? Well, who's in charge now? I don't know. It's not clear. But what is he saying there? That there's going to be a plan for the people in charge? Is there going to be different people in charge? I would think that would make sense. But yesterday, that just added to a confusing day in a confusing season. The whole thing, the whole lack of knowing what's going on and what the plan is and what is the plan. Oh, well, they're contending next year. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. And and you know what, David, ultimately, um, the Jake Berger thing caught me completely unaware. I I just, I was stunned because he's under contract till 2028, right? They're under control. Till 2028. That's, that's a long a, time to a control the first-round draft pick who's been producing at a high level, and I just don't think we expected him to be the guy, right? Uh, the only position player moved. But when I look at the guys that they moved, if, if you're asking me how do I feel about Lance Lynn moving on, yeah. um, mm. any of the relievers, yeah. uh, the only guy would be Lucas Giolito. I, I think – and, and Giolito is in the same boat that Dylan Cease is in. I think that it comes down to Sox don't pay pitchers. Don't, they don't pay long-term contracts. They don't give up $100 million. Dylan Cease will end up being over $200 million, And who knows? By the time that contract expires, how much are pitchers getting paid by then? It, it, I, I just think they've, they have, whether they realize it or not, they have announced that they're not going to renegotiate with Dylan Cease and they're not going to pay him. He knows that now. He probably knew it already, but the very fact that they went down to the wire with him would be an indication, you know, hey, talk to your agent. We're not, we're not willing to do a deal with him to begin with, but talk to him and, uh, and we'll figure out where we can trade you. Because yeah. he's not a long-term player with the White Sox, even though he has – the rest of this year and two more years it, under contract. It wouldn't appear that he is, but I also think that I don't. I don't know if we can conclude that because I, I really don't know who's going to be in charge, and I, I. I don't know, but based on the White Sox history, that's a good conclusion to reach. So I think that yeah, you're talking about the inevitable moves that you expect in some of the players that you thought would be moved, and here comes Jake Berger going to Miami. That's interesting because I understand it from a baseball perspective. You get. Jake Eater, the big lefty who is yep. highly rated, coming off a of Tommy John surgery. Yep. But this, to me, was a defensible baseball move. But for organization standpoint, difficult to pull off because it's so on brand. Okay, what are we going to do today? We're going to trade one of our most popular, affable, likable guys in a season where he, we have become so unlikable. I, I mean, see you, Jake. Thanks for the memories and the home runs. I, I understand why they did it, Molly. I don't want to. I don't want to d- diminish the the importance of getting a young left-handed pitcher who you project to be in your rotation when you are good again. Right. I just hate to see a guy who 
He may be in your rotation next year. He could be as soon as, as 2024 if he stays right. healthy. Right. Berger is a guy that was one of the easiest guys to root for. One of the only guys to root for on a team that had made us all want to look away. And I, I got to tell you, I, I don't hate that trade. I will root for Berger in the, into the future. I really like him. I think he is all those things that you said. But I don't hate that trade. I understand that because, you know what, if the Astros had made that deal, if the Orioles had made that deal, if the Dodgers had made that deal, you'd say, you know what, if the Cubs had made that deal, I get it. Yep. You're getting you're getting rid of a guy that you have a duplicate part. You're redundant at the position. He's a surprise this year, and you're getting a pitcher that you think is going to be part of your rotation. Of course, I'm going to make that trade from a baseball perspective. The fact the White Sox made that trade creates a sort of inherent skepticism because of what they symbolize. We don't trust them. No, we don't trust them. And, and we have a text or How did Tim Anderson not get traded? I don't know what the market was for him. I, I think that, that Jake Berger had a good enough year and everybody kind of saw the power and he's going to help a team in the right now and in the future. So I understand why if you're, uh, if you're Miami, you want him. Um, when, when you saw uh, the, the Paul DeYoung trade made. Yeah, you knew that was going to be. you knew that was one guy that was – that was one team that was out of the mix. So I think people – you get caught up in these ideas. Well, why didn't they trade Yoan Mankata? Who's lining up to get Yoan Mankata? Nobody, you know, because Berger of the injury situation. Cheap, he's under control, yeah. and he's got power. So I get it. And and from a baseball standpoint, you just look at it and you say, well, here's a you're trading a guy, you know, at is a very high mark, and you're getting a guy that you think could be really good. But you're right if if. If another team did that, I'd be like, wow, that's a really good move. Smart. But because of the Sox, you, you can't help but kind of, oh, boy. Because, you, because that's the Sox. You can never have enough pitching. Nobody says you can never have enough power because I think sometimes when you look at the Sox, we're always complaining about, well, how many DHs do they need? So now they got rid of one, basically. Right. A power hitter who from the right side. The reports are indicate coming out of Miami, talking to some people surrounding recover baseball, the Marlins had – wanted to discuss Eloy Jimenez. Right. And so when the Sox maybe resisted that or wanted more, I get that, right? Eloy's probably more valuable on the trade market than Jake Berger. They, I don't want to say settled, but the Marlins said, okay, what about Berger? The White Sox were more open to that idea. Right. They they got the the return that they wanted, and they, and they made the deal. I don't think they went into the day saying we're going to trade Jake Berger. But they ended up because yeah. he wasn't Aloy and they still wanted power because the Marlins are pretty good. They're in the playoff hunt. I, I thought, you know, a lot of my friends that are Sox fans were texting me. And, you know, a lot of people are finished with them. It, it's, it's really interesting where they're at right now. And I, I like, I don't think, I don't think that, that Jerry is overly worried about anything like that. But this team, I think there's a couple of factors. There's an unlikability factor, as you mentioned. Um, but there's also this kind of nobody really working hard enough. Berger worked. He worked hard. He ran to first base, and he didn't come he, up lame. And he, you know, that guy should have been on the team to start the season, but he wasn't because, as you say, 
poor roster construction and redundancy at different positions, whatever. Um, I think that that him leaving was a blow to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. As I said, I don't know that I hate that deal. But I do think that the Sox have a problem with their fan base. They might not even realize how severe the I think they realize is. it. Don't you I don't think know. they do? They, 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 They've got to, when Mullen. You, when you They've come out and you, and you talk the way they do, I don't know if they get it. Yeah, I if think it's a, if it's a fair. you're actually going to say, well, we're in contention next year, like you're going to brag about how bad the division is and, and how you still have a lot of talent, even if it doesn't show up on a year-to-year basis. Yeah, I'm not going to give them credit for being perceptive. I give you, I'll give you that. I, I think they've got to realize by now how unpopular and unlikable this team has become. And in that context, you trade one of the more likable guys, and it's going to be a while before people see it your way and understand it, even though it's a good baseball trade. I think, Jake Berger, you're exactly right. This team is kind of a nonchalant team, and they they have you know mastered the art of being casual and looking like they're – you know, it's too cool for school. Jake Berger wasn't that guy. He epitomized everything the White Sox wanted to be, the South Side mentality, right? And they get rid of him. So this is on brand. Oh, well, let's see. How many likable guys do we have? Let's trade one of them. Well, I, you know, we're talking to Ozzy at 8 o'clock, okay? So Ozzy said something um, last week that I can't wait to talk to him about. There's a lot of things. Ozzy's got a lot of great ideas, and he said a lot of things that really need um, – need us to pick apart, including he felt that Berger, because of his contract status, should have been the guy that was playing third base over Mankata. Mankata. So, yeah. we, you know, it's all it's all yesterday's news now. But he said something about their pitching staff that I would imagine is going to make your head explode. He said that maybe they should bring back Clevenger for another year because, you know, it is a it is an option year both the team and the player would have to pick up the option. But because they are so thin in their starting pitching, is the is it a good baseball decision to bring back maybe the most unlikable? <laughs> you know, I mean, to me, Mike Clevenger is kind of a bad penny. Their luck seemed to go down the tubes the minute we found out about his personal. To me, business. that's when things started to unravel. I agree with you. From a perception standpoint, yes. from a popularity standpoint, and that would be so on brand. If Rick Hahn's coming back, I could see Mike Clevenger coming back. See, that is... Because they don't care about these kinds of things that we're talking about and waste airtime about. Not waste airtime, but you know what? They don't care about image, clearly. Right. They're making decisions that they think are going to help them in the standings and help them turn things around. What are they doing? Nobody knows. No. If they bring back Mike Clevenger, that would underscore that point yes. emphatically. I mean, that would be a terrible thing to do. I just say I understand. So, I love Ozzy too. And I, I don't want to trigger you. I know I knew this would trigger you, but I can't wait <sighs> to get a chance to talk to Ozzy. Because the question now, they've they've traded six pitchers away. So we don't know who's <laughs> in the bullpen. Tookie's here. And you know what? That's fine. Hey, you Tukey. know what? Tukey, Tukey, get, learn to love him because I think he's going to be a part of the rotation. I think year. you're right. And you're I right. think he's been good. And they got these young guys, and it'll be interesting to see who comes in and who fills in. But now you're going back to kind of John Danks and, and, uh, and, and you know, you're going back to sort of 
watching players created. Gavin Floyd, get, John exactly, Danks, let's exactly, see them develop. Are exactly. they going to be anything? I don't know. Let's keep watching. Yeah, that's exactly where you're headed with this thing. Texter says Giolito was also a likable guy. No question about it. Very much But I think so. there was a sense of inevitability about his being traded. And I think that's why you kind of braced yourself from the beginning. This could happen at the deadline. How, how long ago were the rumors that he was going to be on his way out of town? Oh, I mean, Jake Berger was a shock to our system. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't want – I didn't want Giolito gone, and, and I would like them to pay Giolito and bring him back. I like Giolito. I, I like everything about him. He's a good representative of the team. Took a photo with my kid years ago. He's a good guy. <laughs> you, you always remember those things. Um, Jake Berger is a really good guy. Yep. The story, like all that he went through, his wife and their little kid going to the kid. That's beautiful stuff. That's great stuff. Americana. Marlin, Marlins and, are getting a quality guy. And I'm watching myself learn to appreciate what a good athlete he is. He reminds me of guys that I knew growing up. He's you know, a grinder. That, that are just. Like, the guy, like, you, you would look at a guy and be like, what is that guy? But at one hell of an athlete, like a really good athlete. And that and that's what he was. He was a guy that ran fast, a lot faster than you thought. He made a diving play here and there. I mean, I, I really liked Jake Berger, and it's hard just because, as you say, that's one that completely caught me unaware.